Hello punters, Off The Map is back for another week. This week, we, of course, we look at the Run To The Rose meeting at Rose Hill. The track is on the improve. Hopefully we're sunny all the way through to tomorrow, Lee Dalton, as I welcome you in and, and we're on a good surface there. Good morning, Brad. Yeah, good surface. And uh, as we get closer to the carnival, it just continues to pick up and uh, the racing's getting stronger and stronger every week and this week's no exception. Yep. Uh, as far as this track goes, the rail's out a little ways there and a firming Rose Hill surface. Come, sometime can be a, a little bit hard to, to make ground, but we'll, uh, we'll monitor that as the meeting goes forward. The first race we're going to look at is race three, uh, 1,800 metres. And the reason we want to touch on this mainly, I guess, is, is a horse that is the likely leader here. At least that's what you've got on your map here, which you, of course, get from the Race in New South Wales website, is Knight's Order, an import for, for Gay and Adrian. That's correct. Uh, Knight's Order hasn't uh, raced in September 2018, so it's quite a long time. Uh, Galdon got the blinkers first time here. A bit of uh, the UK form ties in with an Australian horse that's been here. I think Trent Bussenden's got it now, Jack Regan. Uh, so you can get a bit of a line. Jack Regan's contested Saturday races in Melbourne and uh, probably won a couple of midweeks, so you can get a line there. All those runs, that, that when strung a few wins together at Sandown or two wins, uh, were both on speed. They weren't fast races, but you'd imagine here, Gelded, Blinker's first time and Hieronymus, it'll be most likely the leader. The reason for this also is Mercurial Lad, who would be able to lead this race on its ear, uh, was a change of tactics last time and probably content to take a sit here behind the Waterhouse runner, I'd imagine. Yeah, it seems to run quite well taking the sit, so I can't imagine they'd change too much after that. Definitely not. It went well last time Mm. after going back to the trials off of failure there at Randwick on a very heavy track. The other one that can sneak forward here that got back last time is Badush from the Matt Dunn stable. Brent Nubdella takes over from Barrier 2. Led all the way over the 1400 at Warwick Farm, two starts ago, then slow to begin last time out and got back uh, and went well, all considered. Expect their positive on Quintessa, who's probably the, the one with all the upside here. The mayor drawn 10 for Rachel King. Uh, I think they definitely have a look to be quite positive early. All right, skipping across now to race four. There is probably no hotter benchmark 88 than we've seen in, in Sydney for a while. Of course, we get to see Fatus and Mars Crusader line up, then you throw in the likes of, of Electric Girl, uh, High Low. It's a, it's a pretty handy little race. and. There's a lot of good racing there on Saturday, but I think as far as the map goes, this is probably the most significant of the lot because you could find these two favourites at the opposite ends. I believe so. Uh, we did see Mars Crusader come to Sydney off that Bendigo win and lead all the way over 1,200 metres last prep. Uh, this is a very different race. 1,100, there's plenty of speed. You'd expect Goldfinch, let's fly. Uh, Kookaburra uses the gate. I do think Fatus can get across. Uh, we've seen Fatus probably at 1,000 and 1,100 be able to get right on speed. Uh, I, I believe Fatus gets across, and I think Mast Crusader, barring an electric start, will have to be coming back here. And how far back do you go? I, I say all the way back. I, I think that's the only option unless the, the dead set comes out on roller skates, which is not really in his makeup. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be he's either going to be all the way forward or all the way back. There's not really an in-between option for him. I think you're right about Goldfinch. She holds the key. With her, though, we've seen from her in the past that sometimes she can be a mad leader and other times they mix it up a bit and are content to, to take a bit of a sit. But as far as a horse like Fatus goes, if she's stamped urgent Goldfinch, all of a sudden Fatus gets a lovely card across and she should just sit outside the lead. Gets the absolute perfect card across if Goldfinch provides that early speed. So, look, 
I think the the race on paper at this stage, pre-scratchings, probably sets up better for Fatus and Mars Crusader. Um, who's the better horse going forward? That's a different argument and for another day. <laughs> Do you think Kookaburra is quite happy to hand up to Goldfinch? I think so. Even with Brock Ryan on taking it all the way down to 52, we yeah. have seen Brock uh, become a bit of a get-to-the-front-at-all-cost style rider because he had some success doing that over the winter, riding a couple of on-speed horses really well to score. Uh, Kookaburra did come from sort of a, a position off the speed last time out at Canterbury, but we've seen uh, Warren and Dubbo get right on the speed in some fast 1,000-metre races, but I'd imagine Goldfinch and Fatus can cross him pretty easily. All right, looking at the Dulcify quality now, and you've got this marked average. Is there a chance that it could go to fast? I guess it depends what Easy Compeasy does from the inside drawer and how much it wants to, to hold out yardstick. And I don't see there being any upside trying to hold out Yardstick. Uh, it's Nash. It's 1,500 after the debut win over 11, then 13 last time. I'm pretty sure that uh, Penza will be aware. Well, look, Nash is a leader here, and we're going to get the perfect run right behind on the fence. And if the fence is the spot to be, I don't see any reason to contest Yardstick. Hence, I think they'll be able to control it. Uh, there are two... Um, Aquas runners there, which have raced forward in the past in uh, Mahunga and Global Quest, I think they'll both have to go back off wide draws here. I can't see them being sorted up early to get forward. Yeah, Mahunga's an interesting runner. He obviously set tongues wagging there with a, an exceptional win at Newcastle. He'll just be hoping that these leaders maybe cut at each other, but at least speaking yeah, to you, maybe they don't. I, I can't see it happening. I think that, um, yeah, the... the the writing will be on the wall early with Nash getting across and no one really wanting to contest, I wouldn't have thought. All right, we'll move across to the run to the rows. A lot of punters have been sweating on your map here because the big question a lot of punters have been asking, I guess, when they're looking at, at which horse they want to back here is, will Rothfire hand up to Farnan? I don't think so. I, I, I really can't see Rothfire handing up. A few of those 1,000-metre runs uh, back as a two-year-old was able to lead and just completely dominate from good draws. Uh, I just think Rothfire bounces and holds the front from Farnham with Peltzer camp right just behind them. That's that's my map. Uh, look, I know there's plenty of differing opinions out there, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that Rothfire uh, putting a hand up for an Everest slot will be... Um, completely game on tomorrow and how better to stamp yourself and to go straight to the front and show what you're made of if, if, if Rockfire can win the race. And we've seen Farnan win from outside of the lead before, so it's not like it's a position that's foreign to him. Definitely not, no. Um, and possibly Farnham heading towards a Golden Rose next time. Um, I, I suppose Rockfire's on the same path unless an Everest spot came knocking. So there's always this time of year with the Everest and different races in mind. There's so much, many talking points, and that's what makes these races even more fascinating, um, just beyond sort of the, the, the winner. But where are they going next and what's the plan of attack, that kind of style. Yeah, Mamarigan, I guess, is the one that, Punters can expect to see a lot closer than last time. It was over 1,100 metres. It drew a little bit wide, went straight back to last behind Anders and ran on. Here, there's probably a chance it's one out, one back. I think so. It was bumped on jumping first up. Uh, also goes from Glen Boss to Nashville Willer, and Nash obviously had more of an affiliation with this guy uh, during the first preparation, and there's probably a marginally more aggressive jockey early on. So I'd expect Nash can get this up running fourth quite comfortably and then it's almost a race of two races Rothfire, Farnham, Peltzer and then 
Mamaragan jammed in between, then your, your back markers being North Pacific, King's Legacy and Old Kirk, who have established that pattern even very early in their career as that style of runner. All right, the Theo Mark stakes over the 1,300 metres. Special award looks your designated leader. Uh, will he get it relatively soft in front? I think so. Um, uh, when I initially looked at the race, I looked right down the bottom at Riadini uh, coming across from New Zealand for Gay yeah. uh, and Adrian Bott. I don't think it's blessed with electric speed, but it does have 53 kilos and Tim Clark. I thought there was more chance that Fender would be ridden really positively here to get across and take the outside lead position, but uh, it'll be one of that pair. Even so, I can't say there's been enormous pressure on special reward. Wild Planner will be quite content to uh, tuck in behind, I would have thought, which also allows Funstar from a nice mid-draw to settle within striking range, I'd say midfield no worse than that. Yeah, we saw Funstar get a long way back first up, but that was just due to the, the mechanics of that particular race. Drew wide, 1,200 metres here, drawn better, 1,300. You'd expect her to park midfield. For sure, just lands there almost by default. We did see Funstar go to the front back in the far lap in the autumn mm. um, in a race where there was just lacking tempo. So, look, Funstar's pretty versatile, I'd have to say. Uh, possibly one there that I'm not entirely sure about would be Crack On, Crack On for the John and uh, uh, George Moore stable. Raced last in the uh, Hong Kong Derby going back to 2019. Uh, if anyone pulls up a replay and is looking for that runner, race the sunny side up there. Prior to that, ran in some really good races at Ascot and York back in the UK if you go back all the way to 2018. From what I've seen there, it's not the usual more on-speed runner, and I think from the draw tomorrow we'll be going back. But, you know, the intent with that stable is very similar to the Waterhouse Bot stable. They do love to be positive. All right, and the last race we're going to look at is the Scirocco Stakes. What a way to end. There's just mares all over the place here. And although the market suggests that Forseeker is hard to beat, and I certainly agree, so often these races are won by the horse that gets the best run in the race. Now, sure. there looks a lot of speed. There looks a stack of speed, but the one that does get the perfect run is Forseeker, you'd imagine. Mm. Uh, sweet deal goes forward, positive piece. Uh, Adelong, I don't know if we've got a rider for Adelong yet. Um, I'll just have a look here now. And not last time I checked, which suggests no. that it's probably unlikely. Yeah, so if not here, it, it's not going to have a major impact on the speed because the next wave that want to go forward, Shout the Bar and Victor Salute, um, Electric Girl, Mizzy Park's behind them. It, it, it's a absolutely super strong tempo flips back in distance but gets the blinkers on again so whatever happens it's going to be really really strongly ran probably the horses that map perfect after seeker mizzy and seasons who can just mind their business just off that speed but still be in striking distance and not losing sight of the lure at any time what about a horse like hawkbury on her how aggressive do you think they will be with her obviously chris waller is a, a trainer that generally is a little bit reserved, especially with horses of this profile off a bit of a break. I can't imagine they'd be gunning her, but that said, she's pretty brilliant out of the gates. She is. I think the probably the first plan for the stable would be three wide midfield with cover. Yeah. I've, I've, I've got her a pair closer than that, but um, obviously you need to take out the emergencies from my map when they come out. So I've got Electric Girl there in a sort of four to midfield position. Um, Zaniah holding a spot midfield so yeah I, I don't imagine we'll see Hopper on her running in the first two or three as we've seen quite a lot over her career 
but I would thought midfield. I can't see them going all the way back here off the wide draw. The last one I'll touch on quickly is just Sweet Deal. Obviously drawn a, a horrible gate. John Thompson said during the week they will punch forward. Do you think they can get all the way forward? Uh, I think so, especially with Nash on. Um, we, there's some riders, and especially Nash and Tim Clark in Sydney, they can really get these horses out of the machine and get them going. Uh, Probably the wide barrier that might scare a lot of people off on, uh, on on paper, but they do often get a chance to just amble across at their at their own speed. Like I think we've seen Summer Doubt drew very wide in one of those races last prep, and on paces drawn wide, not a negative for mine, and especially when you have a rider of Nash's calibre. Perfect. All right, we'll do it all again next week. Thank you for your time again, Lee. Outstanding. Thank you, Brad.